Here you are, Hunker in the Bunker, another episode of End Times Podcast. End Times Podcast, the only podcast of its kind in the world and in the afterworld. All right, so I got a question uh, from a, um, a listener. Um, when you're doing your shopping for after, after times, end times, after, you know, our current existence and for those of us still around in an extended uh, existence it's like sometimes you're at the movies and the credits roll and then you think you can leave the theater and then they start showing a whole nother movie I was at I was at nobody with Bob Odenkirk you know it was a fun cute movie I don't think I could apply it to um, end times, really. It's just a lot of, of popcorn, you know, killing and shooting that wasn't all that realistic. But it was a fun movie. But, you know, they because of COVID regulations, we get there and they only seated maybe uh, five couples in this whole theater because of COVID regulations, maybe seven and you had to take seats and we were i guess we got there just before the movie was to begin and we got the last two seats so we were up in a high corner of the theater and um and it was like this huge steep uh flight of stairs that you wouldn't normally think about wouldn't be like how is this safe um you would think older people go to the movies and they could fall down those stairs or little kids or something these are pretty steep stairs they were like um, you know, if you were going up to the uh, Washington Monument stairs. So there were some pretty heavy-duty stairs right there. And, um, and we're, you know, starting to, to traverse these stairs and trying to be neat. You know, we did get popcorn and we got um, sodas that were so big you could fit a gallon of, you know, of petrol in these if you had to. Um, but they gave us a gallon of soda each. And that was the special for uh, $19.99. You get a huge popcorn and two huge sodas. And, um, and we didn't finish it, but the movie had finished. It was only an hour and a half movie. And uh, so we're traversing these steep, um, you know, Washington Monument type stairs. And you're not trying to spill popcorn and soda all over the place. And, and the credits are rolling and we're like, okay, let's get out of here. And then it's like, wait, there's more to this movie. And it's like, wait, should we stick around and watch it? Or are these just going to be bloopers or, or what? And are we going to go way back up those stairs and sit in our little area? Or are we just going to take a random seat that isn't, you know, isn't sanitized for our pleasure? Um, what are we going to take? We don't know. 
So, um, so he just left, and I figured this will be on like Redbox in um, in a month, and it'll be a dollar eighty instead of spending like spent like forty bucks altogether for the tickets and the popcorn and crap. And it'll be on Redbox, and I'll just get it again. And because it wasn't bad, um, it was watchable. I like Bob Odenkirk's stuff. He's a nice story of someone who was a late bloomer in life. He did a bunch of stuff when younger, and it all somehow gelled together in his 40s and 50s. And now things are happening for him. I always like stories where someone kind of sticks to their guns, and then it eventually pays off. It hasn't paid off for me, but that's the way life is. And um, and I'll get it again. I'll I'll get the dollar eighty and um, you know I have to get like a I have to get like a credit card for red boxes and stuff that isn't tied to my name or anything. I have to figure out how to do that. There must be a way to do it. Like I need like a credit card that's kind of you know under like a a fake name, like you know, and just just for life in general. So. That way, like, because you see these movies, and they track down Bob Odenkirk in this movie. The bad guys track him down because he used a, um, a Metro Pass on, on the train. He used a little Metro Pass ticket. And they were able to see who paid for the Metro Pass, and it was his father. And then they were able to track down the father, and then they were able to figure out who, you know, who this guy was and who nobody was in this movie. And... I think if there were like a way to get like um, some kind of subversive credit card, you know, maybe get like a, a P.O. box in a bodega in a city I never go to and have it ship there and develop some kind of like, it could even just be like one of those crappy credit cards that gives you like $200 at the credit or something. Just something, you know, like this little card that you can use and people can't figure out quite where you are. You have to turn off your phone and and, you know, they don't let you take the battery out of the Apple phone, so that's always a problem. But, you know, you have to, we have to have something like that. In any case, I got a question. And the question is, uh, um, you know, as you're, you're setting up your bunker, and we all have limited resources, and you're picking things that should be in the, in the bunker. Of course, like, Gatorade is a, is a great thing to put in a bunker. You know, certain things make a lot of sense. SpaghettiOs, it's only like, you know, when they're on sale, they're like 89 cents a can. And you get a lot in there. It says right on the label, two servings of veggies. You know, so you get a lot in there. You can eat it hot or cold. It usually, you know, it has a, a flip top, so you don't have to worry about, you know, if you forgot the, the can opener. So um, when you're, when you're storing, you know, when you're, storing things in your bunker and you're making your planning um, and you're, you know, you want to save money where you can because money's finite in this world. In the next life, it might not be a problem. Um, but right now, money is a problem for most people. And if you're so rich that money isn't a problem, then good on you, but you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. It's, you, you know, you, you're in a whole different stratosphere. You could probably afford a helicopter. You know, you could probably afford all kinds of things. So the question is, should you spend your limited resources now when you're doing your dollar store shopping 
And condoms. Condoms. Prophylastics. Um, all right. So, you know, this is probably a silly question, but it could have some serious implications. And I think it should be treated as if it came from a sane, normal human being, this question. Um, I developed in life, whenever I have a choice to make, I develop a pros and cons list. So pros and cons for the condoms. Cons. Um, and I came up with more pros than cons. First off, if you're at a dollar store, the condoms are only a dollar. All right, and you usually get three, I guess. I haven't bought condoms in a long time, but I see them in the dollar store, and the packages traditionally had three in them, so I'm assuming they have three. Now, dollar store condoms, they probably, you know, they might not be the best condoms in the world. They might glow in the dark or have some kind of gimmick, have baby sharks on them or something. You know, there, there's something wrong with them, probably. <coughs> Excuse that cough. Um, but I came up with a lot of pros. So pro number one, you can control world population after the apocalypse. All right, so what does that mean? Well, you might be master of this new reality that we're living in. And you have loyal followers. But usually the people that are followers aren't, you know, they're not always, they might have club feet, they might have cleft palate, they might have crossed eyes, they might be balding, they might be um, under five foot seven, they might be, um, you know, low IQ, they, they might be, um, you know, they might have like ears that kind of hang too low. And you might not want them to reproduce. You might not want these people to reproduce in, in the new world. Here's your, here's your new chance to um, create a better world. And, you know, the world we're in now, we couldn't really help it. People just got on a boat and they came to America. And, you know, the sign said, give us your poor, your tired, your ugly, whatever. Just to bring them in. And they all reproduced, and this is the world we're in. Where people can't even figure out basic stuff. They can't even figure out how a parking meter works. You know, people just can't figure out basic stuff in this world. Um, here's our chance to weed out those people. Now you're going to need people though, to you know farm the crops if it's you know one type of apocalypse, or to hunt, or to defend, or something. So you can't just throw these people away that you brought with you into the um, afterworld. So you as Supreme Leader could make a mandate that they have, they, and they're going to want to have sex. So if you just say you can't have sex, um, they're, you know, they're going to they're freak out and they'll probably overthrow you. You, you could read this in Greek literature going back, way back. You can't say, no, you can't have sex. You know, Sorry, uh, Daryl, you, know, you can't have sex. Uh, you're ugly, you know, you, I don't want your genes to go on. You can't say that. Um, so, you could say, well, you could have sex, but you have to use a condom, and if you don't, death penalty. So, that's where condoms can kind of 
you know, and you could demand proof that the condom was used. Um, they could, you know, bring the finished product to you and you could check it off on your list. So that is, you know, a major aspect of, um, of a pro of why you might want a condom. Population control. Number two, why you might want condoms. There's going to be some weird STDs. You know, you see how, like, these viruses and stuff mutate. There could even be funguses. Funguses are going to have, like, a new... You know, there's three primary types of um, biology that, that affects us. And the two that get the most play are bacteria and viruses. They get a lot of play. But funguses are, you know, they're, they're hanging in there. They, they have some effects on us. They might have more effects than we know. They could even have effects on our mental outlook, you know, if they get into our, our uh, olfactory system and up to our brain. Um, funguses in this new reality with, you know, let's add a little bit of nuclear, a little bit of radiation. Radiation's going to be there even if there's not a nuclear war because there'll be meltdowns of nuclear plants with uh, reduced population. And there's going to be some weird STDs going around. So you might want these condoms. Um, another pro I wrote down is studded for her pleasure. I don't know what that means. Studded for her pleasure. So I wrote that down as a pro. Um, I wrote down scarce resources, meaning... You might want to control population because bringing more kids into the world, that's more people to feed, that's less people you have able to move because, you know, in the eighth, ninth month, you're going to have to hunker down. You can't be like if you have a free-range, roam-the-earth scenario. Um, you know, so using a condom might make some sense. Um, you could use a condom as a um, a fix like let's say you're driving a car and it overheats and the gas cap blows or something you could fix it with the condom or you could use it as like the lid on a jar if like you lost the lid and you want to put like something in a jar um, you could use the condom as a weapon you could fill it with coins or rocks and you can like whip it around like a blackjack and hit people with it that's a pro. Um, you could use it to hide drugs. So don't discount this. Okay. Uh, drugs are going to be worth, and not just drugs that get you high, but drugs that um, protect you or drugs that just, you know, any kind of drug are going to be at a premium. That's what our currency is going to be in the apocalypse. People that are um, drug addicts will do anything for drugs. So if you have some Vicodins or something, you could trade those for a lot of good stuff. But there might be robbers or there might be people on the road. So, you know, wanting to get these drugs and steal them from you. So you put them in a condom, you tie the top of the condom. You could swallow it or you could put it in your body in some other way. And it's a way to hide drugs. So, you know, that's, that's in the pro column, definitely. Um, and I, I didn't have many cons. You know, I, I wrote um, the cost 
maybe a deterrent. Like, you know, do you really want to spend a dollar or two on condoms when you could be spending that money now on Gatorade and SpaghettiOs? Like, is condoms the best use of your money? Um, they go bad after a while. So even if if you stockpile them, how long are they good for? You know, I remember getting one my freshman year of high school. Didn't get to use it till my junior year of high school. And it was not usable, you know, so I had to go get more anyway. So how long are these? Now, this was in a, a sweaty wallet, you know, so maybe if you put it in a, you know, like a more like a humidor, a cigar humidor, maybe the, the condoms will do a little better. Um, you might not want the condom because you might want to repopulate the earth. And so having the condom sends a message that, um, you know, that, oh no, you know, we should, we should be careful. You might want to repopulate the earth. So having the condom, um, you know, you might want to take a Catholic church policy on it and just say, hey, all the more kids, the better. Um, and last but not least, it may not fit anyway. So we're going to go through a lot as we enter our new reality, as we go from this current existence to our new existence. There could be radiation. There could be tough times. There could be mutations. Uh, there could be um, all kinds of issues. You know, it could just be being hunkered in a bunker and, and not getting, being vitamin deficient. So there might be shrinkage or immense growth because of mutations and, and, and such. Uh, there might be one or the other. And you, might, you bought these condoms, but now they don't really fit either way. Too big, too small. So they might not fit either way. So you don't know what size to buy or whatever. So you're just like, it's fruitless even bothering. So those are the cons, but I'd say overall there are more pros and you might not need to stockpile them. In a lot of end time scenarios, you could just raid uh, local stores and, and just take. So you might not need to stockpile them, but maybe having a couple packs around couldn't hurt. You know, you're going to have to be hunkered in that bunker a while and you don't know what the future holds. You don't want to bring a kid into it. All right, so um, I bumped into some like flat earther person and like talking to a flat earther is like talking to someone who's just um you know they're 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 just like a drone or they're they're not a real person um it's as if they're like a computer generated representation of of what a person is they've been programmed in some way and they're just spouting out stuff that they've been programmed with and that's been the big problem with the internet the internet has brainwashed so many people and it has turned them into not real people anymore. And we start to get the sense that we're in a matrix or a Truman show or something because it seems like some people are so scripted. They're so easy to, um, to determine, you know, like what do flat earther people think? Like, do you, first off, all right, then they don't believe space pictures. They think that's all a conspiracy. Like we're sitting around all day and, you know, everyone's sitting around and, and forging space pictures. They don't really think about, like, you know, you can get to China by flying east or west. So 
how does that work? Like, wouldn't you go off the Earth if you were going one way or the other? Like, the flat Earth has to end somewhere. So, how does that work? And then I was wondering if the other side of the flat Earth is just a different reality. Like, are, is it like a saltine cracker where one side's kind of like, you know, salty and all that, and the other side's kind of boring? And then which side are we on? Are we on the good side, or are we on the boring side? And maybe the other side of the cracker is, like, extremely exciting, and there's all kinds of great stuff going on. You know, in that reality, I'm, like, rich, and I have a, a big convertible, and um, and uh, I'm a rock star, and... And in this one, I'm, you know, I'm doing a podcast about um, buying condoms in, in the afterworld. So think, think about what theories you believe in. And are these theories that are commonly available and espoused on the Internet? And if they are commonly espoused on the Internet, you might be brainwashed. So you might have to de-brainwash yourself. And you might want to do um, like a 40-day cleanse of the Internet. And then you'll start to feel a lot better about things. Um, I did a 40-day cleanse a couple of years ago. And I did it for, for Lent, which is 40 days. And, you know, of course you still have to use your phone. And, of course, I still had some Facebook pages that needed to be tended to. But I found an app where you could just tend to your Facebook pages without actually going onto Facebook. So um, I still was able to tend to them. And, um, and it allowed me to free my brain a little bit. But now I think I'm starting to get whooped up again into it and it's not fun to be um, controlled by the internet all right let's do an i hear you knocking all right i hear you knocking okay so i hear you knocking i go on a website with celebrity names on it just before this podcast and, um, and I pick two, the first two that pop up. And the premise is you're in a bunker, it's the afterworld, and these two people are knocking on your bunker door. We can learn a lot about this. Um, we can learn a lot about the afterworld just by playing out scenarios like this. The military does scenarios, so why shouldn't we do scenarios? And picking celebrity names makes it easier because these are names we all you know, can kind of figure out who they are. All right, so um, two people knocking on your bunker door, knock, 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 and they both want in. You only have room for one. Which one do you pick? So the two names I got were Elon Musk. All right, Elon Musk, 49 years old. He is, if you don't know who he is, you probably haven't read like anything in the past 10 years. But Elon Musk, he is um, founder of uh, SpaceX, which is a private space company that's, that has like Mars plans and shoots rockets. And, you know, he also has um, the Tesla cars, which are um, electric cars. They're quite popular. He's, he has a lot of money. He's 49 years old. I, I thought he was older, honestly. Makes me regret my life that he's done so much more in his, in his time on Earth. Um, and... The other name that came up second, now this isn't a name you probably know, but I'll describe. Teen Mom OG, I guess there's a show called Teen Mom OG, star Cheyenne Ford. And there's a picture of her pregnant. All right. So 
Elon Musk, 49, or Teen Mom, OG, Pregnant Star, Cheyenne Floyd. Teen Mom is a show on MTV that um, chronicles the life of people who get pregnant in their teens and all of the choices they have to make because of that. All right, so one would think that this is an easy an easy one, and maybe it is, and maybe it isn't. Um, Elon Musk, obviously a genius, and he has grand plans, and he knows a lot of things. Um, if humanity is going to have any semblance of modernity in our new reality, um, after some cataclysmic event, then Elon Musk is a good person to have around. He probably still has 20, 30 years of life left in him. And he can gather the people who are technical in nature and inspire them to build things like dams or aqueducts or cars or figure out a way to um, power cars if the grid is down and there's no way to get gas. Um, he probably can't do it himself, but he's like one of these genius organizers like we've had, like uh, Steve Jobs and um, Thomas Edison, and they don't really do the inventing themselves, and um, Ford, you know, but they, um, they, they inspire the people around them, and they know enough to oversee what's going on. All right, so Elon Musk. Now, the minus of Elon Musk is if he comes into your bunker, he's an ultimate A-type personality. So you pretty much have just lost control of your bunker. And who knows? He might eventually, like, say, you know, I don't want... There's only room for 10 people in this bunker. I have uh, nine friends on the outside. You know, I'm going to get rid of all these people in the bunker. And he might figure out a way, being so cagey, a way to do that, and then we'll be out of the bunker because this guy is in there. Maybe, or maybe he'll just be appreciative. He'll be like, wow, you know, because obviously he's a little bit of a narcissist. He might just be um, like, wow, I almost died there. Thank you very much, and let me just rest in this bunker for a little bit until we get the all clear. And he might be good to kind of consult with, like, hey, you think it's safe to go out yet? Um, no, radiation levels are 0.2%. You know, maybe he can figure out stuff like that. Um, Cheyenne Ford, the teen mom. All right, obviously she is in her years where she can, um, she can produce children for a new reality. And as mentioned in the previous segment, we might want to repopulate the world. Um, seems like an attract, of course, if you're on teen mom, you're probably attractive in, you know, a teen mom type way you know, eats off paper plates and lays on the couch all day type way. Um, so she's attractive. It seems like she has a, a have a significant other. So, um, so that shows loyalty. You know, it shows it that she has loyalty. Um, of course, the significant other can't come into the bunker. Um, bringing her into the bunker, though, she is with child. So that is a... Um, now, I don't follow this show, but maybe she has a previous child, or, or I'm not sure why she's on a celebrity website. 
but she won't be able to bring in the previous child according to the rules of I hear you knocking. But if you come in already pregnant, you know, she didn't, she didn't get the condoms from our previous segment. Um, then I guess you get a two for one. Now, whether that's a plus or a minus is you know, the baby's going to be born in a bunker. It could end up being a mess. There could be medical issues. Um, you know, whether that's a plus or a minus, then they'll be eating for two after that. You know, it's, um, but you could probably see it as a plus and plus we might want to repopulate the earth after, um, after, you know, fire rains down and the horsemen of the apocalypse show up. Um, so, you know, you put down some newspapers and, and, um, you know, to soak up any, any mess in your bunker and, um, and you help and you'd be a good human being. Now, there, you know, I would take a PR ding if, um, if, you know, I said, no, this, you know, poor pregnant woman can't come into the bunker amongst my own tribe. And I have to worry about the chemistry of my own tribe. And I don't, you know, want to take that PR ding necessarily. All right. Um, she probably has other talents too. Like, she probably can help, you know, gather firewood or help take care of other kids in the tribe. Um, you know, maybe there'll be, maybe we'll run into babies whose mother no longer is around and, and she can help nurse that baby too, you know. So there might be some value to that. Uh, there's, she obviously is, is, you know, has good genes because, um, MTV is not going to put someone on there who isn't who isn't at least attractive on their show. And not that attractiveness is everything, but it shows kind of good health and, and all of that and um, being more survivable. You know, you don't want Point Dexter in, in the um, afterworld. He's going to get killed. But here's someone with, um, you know, mainstream genes that, um, that might do well in being hardy in our in our afterworld scenario you might want to think about bunker um bunker diversity and bunker um chemistry and chances are you might need a female in the bunker so that's something to think about too elon musk is definitely gonna stab you in the back eventually all billionaires, it's how they become billionaires. There's not a single billionaire, unless there's just some idiot who was just born into a billion dollars, but a billion dollars is a lot of money, and usually idiots don't maintain a billion dollars for long. They lose it somehow. But, um, you know, unless... It, it, billionaires get to be billionaires by stabbing people in the back. And you hear about, like, walking up the corporate ladder... Well, billionaires, they don't, their ladder is made up of knives in people's backs. So they could just stick a knife in a person's back, put their foot on it, stick a knife in another person's back, above that person, step on it, and the person winces in pain. And that's how billionaires go up their corporate ladder, by sticking knives into people's backs and using them as a ladder. Um, so he's going to stab us in the back eventually. But he's not going to in the short term. He's going to be in our bunker... And he could maybe give us some useful advice, you know, like how to read a Geiger counter. He's not, he's not like the techie person in his company at this point. He's more of an organizer, you know, like a, like a Ford or a Jobs or 
um, and Edison, you know, those type people, the organizer, but he knows enough to be able to manage these type people. And maybe in our new reality, he can help us manage some of these, um, these techie people to create aqueducts and um, dams and all kinds of things of that nature. Um, maybe create, you know, a little electrical power plant. You know, he might be able to find these people, speak their language, and get them to develop these things. So our tribe would have a massive advantage. And do we want to have a new reality without, like, geniuses in it? Because I'm sure, you know, the teen mom is is smart, but how many people are, like, genius-level smart? And this guy definitely is in the top... 1% of 1% as far as intelligence goes. But he has that practical side where he can bring in people. He can also help us develop weapons because the early days of Armageddon are going to involve a lot of, like, you know, stabby, stabby. There's going to be a lot of that. A lot of, like, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, hey, an arrow just hit me in the head, you know, that type of stuff. There's going to be a lot of that. You know, tribes trying to commandeer stuff. So he can help us set up, like, weapons, motion sensors, Poison gases uh, that make, you know, people do weird things. Um, he can, you know, help us set up a lot of this stuff. And that would be good for our tribe early on. And it would, you know, it would intimidate the other tribes. Eventually, he's going to say one day, Oh, I'm just going to go picking berries. You know, just don't worry about me. I'm going to go pick some berries. And he'll go off into the woods. And he'll secretly meet with another tribe. And that tribe will have, like, you know or whatever they'll give him ginger and marianne you know and and he'll get both ginger and marianne in the new tribe and in a corvette and he'll say you know oh this is a much better tribe and he'll, he'd stab us in the back and he'd give all our like computerized passwords to the new tribe and they would just take us over and so eventually that's going to happen but it's not going to happen probably early on so we could use this guy early on and then as time goes by figure you know keep a close eye on him but figure he's going to do something to kind of stab us in the back he's obviously charming in in small circles he comes off as kind of a douche in you know larger reality um but in small circles he must be charming because he's able to get funding for all his projects uh, sending things into space and electric cars and all the different things that, that he does. So he's, you know, he has another idea of of a computer peripheral that'll plug right into your brain. So you can just think and, um, and your reality and, and technical world become one thing. He's working on this. Who knows what else he's working on? So I think you have to bring a guy like that into the new reality, into our new world. And while you would take a PR ding, sending a pregnant woman off into the apocalypse to be um, beheaded by the four horsemen, you know, that would be a major PR hit for you as tribe leader. I think he's charming enough to woo your tribe into saying, oh, yeah, no, he was very smart to let me in and let me tell you why. And, uh, and he'll, you know, he'll be able to woo um, people. And, but, I don't think he, his goals in life aren't necessarily immediately political. He doesn't want to get bogged down into, you know, whether our tribe is following Robert's rules or not. 
Um, I think he'll be content kind of being there, but being like, you know, the professor on our desert island and uh, and getting things done with the bigger picture of world domination, of course, and, and sending rockets off and all that. Um, I think for the good of humanity, you have to keep, you know, let me play a little song, but I think for the good of reality... You have to bring in Elon Musk. I know it's hard sending away a pregnant woman with um, with hardy lineage, but I think that's what we have to do. We have to send the teen mom packing, unfortunately. Well, this ends our podcast. Um, go to endtimespodcast.com or go to facebook.com slash endtimesradio and send us a message and let us know what you're thinking. And uh, maybe I'll even address your question on the air. So this is the end of End Times Podcast. Enjoy. Enjoy until you're not enjoying things. End Times Podcast. (laughs) 